Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Time, folks. Enjoy the show. How are you, Andy? I'm good. Good this fine Saturday morning. How are you doing? I'm very good. Happy Saturday to you, sir. Yes, happy Saturday. Getting ready for the eclipse? Uh, not really. 
Eclipse, schmeclips. <laughs> you're not. You're not. Uh, you're not up on the eclipse. You don't care so much about the eclipse. You know, I always am excited for eclipses, but until the universe is kind enough to direct the 100% full eclipse at me, it's just you know I'm not going to play its game. <laughs> well, I I relate, and I happen to be where the the universe is actually directing the full totality at me. Uh, I know year. it's it's. Our 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 fair city, our, our fair community. I would say not just the city, like but Salem, the coast, the Madras is is like it it is, um, it's full DefCon five eclipse DefCon five. Is it five or one? Which is the more intense one? I can't remember. Five, five. Yeah, it's we're at full DefCon five for for Eclipse Mageddon, and you know hours and hours and hours of backup on these little highways that can't handle it, and so it, it's it's going to be a disaster. My my own family is leaving me at home because I refuse to go outside. They are driving down to Salem, <laughs> Salem on uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, or no, yeah, tomorrow early, and they're sleeping on the floor of a friend's office building. In order to be able to to wake up, avoid the traffic, and and uh, and watch it from downtown, from the roof of this office building in downtown Salem, so they should Holy get cow. yeah, they should get full totality uh, for two and a half minutes, and then I don't know, it's going to take them three days to get home, as far as I as far Jeez. as I've been told. Yeah, it's going to be it's a circus, <laughs> it's a complete circus. I don't see it. I don't. It it's it is the planets. Andy are doing exactly what we're asking them to do. <laughs> they just keep spinning, right. just keep spinning. And and does your family know they can get the same view from your house? They will be off by like 0.8 degrees. That is not full totality, Andy. It's oh. not full totality. I gotta, see. You got to be I part see. of the part of it. Yeah, I think it's like 70% down where I am. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll still enjoy it. I'll go outside and I'll, I'll blind myself trying to look at it for a I, couple seconds. I think that's a mistake, but we'll let history bear that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we have to talk about today? Well, we've got some trailers. We've got some uh, listener feedback, and we've got some box office. We've got, uh, and we've got our list, and maybe we'll throw something else in there. All right. Well, let's start with the something else. Do you want to talk about this Obi-Wan movie? I'm really curious about it. I'm, uh, you know... I, I'm always one for more Star Wars stories. I don't I don't uh, get upset if it's another prequel or sequel. I just enjoy them. I think that they're fun to watch and I enjoy the universe. I've been enjoying the comic books. I just I think the stories that they're coming up with are are interesting. I think an Obi-Wan movie is a really uh, interesting direction to go. If they get Ewan McGregor back, I think that's a win. Um even if they don't, I think it's still going to be fine. Um, the thing I'm most curious about is the fact that they picked Stephen Daldry to direct it, which didn't seem like the choice to uh, to kind of helm a big, you know, epic Star Wars film. What did you think of that? Well, I I actually um, I I think it's probably the the best thing they could do is bring somebody who is outside uh, is from outside the big blockbuster you know superhero sci fi scene, um, you know his debut is Billy Elliot and you know if you're a fan of the story of Billy Elliot that's just that's it's it, you could say that that Billy Elliot is effectively uh, uh the young Obi-Wan musical couldn't you if he wanted to if all he <laughs> sure. wanted to do was dance <laughs> I, I remember him saying that in the uh when the press junkets right <laughs> 
That's what he said. He said, this young Billy, he's just like a young Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I have high hopes that there is more dancing. <laughs> this, is, this Obi-Wan movie introduces more youthful dancing and exuberance. Um, I, I actually am excited about it. I haven't watched much of The Crown, but man, am I hearing such great things about it. Uh, he directed a couple of episodes, I guess, for the for the Crown, and and uh, ended up with an Emmy nomination out of that. Um, and he's doing Wicked, the musical, also soon, I believe. Wicked, the musical, the movie, the movie, yeah, Wicked, oh, the musical, the movie. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I w- so, you see that's I would love to see that. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's just a different eye. And if anything, we're getting out of this uh, out of this Star Wars story stuff. Hopefully, it's just. Uh, you know, bringing in a a batch of people with their own vision, uh, who will just lend their uh, cr- that sort of vision to the universe. I, I think it's I think it can only do good by the stories. Well, and that's that's always the crux of it because that's what they want out of this. But and I think that's always the dilemma: is are the people managing the Star Wars property right now? letting these people bring their own vision to it. I mean, certainly it seemed like that was the the battle that happened with the Han Solo movie. Um, I, I, it sounds like there might have been some other issues with just the pace that the filmmakers were uh, using as they were trying to get the movie put together. Um, mm-hmm. But then they brought Ron Howard in, who's a, you know, I think he's a pretty safe filmmaker. I think he's made some amazing films, but I also think he makes some pretty safe films. Right, right. It's certainly somebody who knows how to play by the studio's rules and, uh, you know, isn't, I mean, maybe he's just an older, wiser filmmaker and, and, you know, maybe they're kind of looking at Stephen Daldry as that somebody who has a little more wisdom in the industry, but also kind of knows how to play the game and will kind of, you know, play along and just kind of do what he's told, maybe injecting a little bit of his sensibilities periodically. Yeah, I I, I feel like uh, if it's if it's even just a little bit of his sensibilities, then we'll have more of uh, a variety in the Star Wars universe than we do uh, under Kevin Feige's leadership in Marvel, um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which you know those movies in in terms of just their their visual architecture feel much more akin to one another um, than leadership of each of those films would indicate. Um, yeah. So uh, and and I like them. I'm I'm a fan of them. You know, I'm, I enjoy them for what they are. But I would love to see Star Wars. If you're going to go down this road, I would love to see Star Wars have a little bit more of that uh, independence in telling these stories. Yeah, I would too. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because it's. I think you can start looking at it kind of like the, uh, like the James Bond franchise, where they bring in different directors to kind of helm it and everything. Mm-hmm. But really. It's it's the the broccoli family that's kind of guiding it, and it still is going to always have that James Bond element. But I do feel there are certain uh, directors who brought different elements to the story, and um, and so I'd like to think that they're going to stay with a consistent feel, but still have some different sensibilities with it. So I guess we'll just see how it all plays out once we watch them. You want to talk about uh, what's going on in the box office? Yeah, we had, uh, it looks like two big movies opened uh, this weekend, The Hitman's Bodyguard and Logan Lucky. And um, Hitman's Bodyguard was, uh, you know, it it had some uh, funny previews and everything. And it looks like it uh, kicked off its its, uh, Thursday night previews with a decent decent number of uh, ticket sales. Uh, Logan Lucky doesn't look like it is going to do as well, unfortunately. Um, 
right now they're estimating that Hitman's Bodyguard will hit number one at the box office with only about not even 17 million, maybe 16.8. Um, Annabelle looks like they're hoping it'll hold on to number two slot and Logan Lucky coming in at number three with about 9.5 million. So we'll have to see how they do. You, I, I know you've been busy reading your trailer uh, over the last couple of days, so, <laughs> so you didn't get out to see Logan Lucky. I've been busy babysitting a puppy, so I have not been, uh, I have not gotten out to see Logan Lucky. But uh, the Once in Future King, Steve Sarmento, did get out to see Logan Lucky, and I just have to share uh, his uh, his review. I don't think it's too spoilery. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's return to the big screen showcases the talents that made him one of the top filmmakers of the 2000s. 16 years after Ocean's Eleven, we get another heist comedy that delivers everything we expect. The team being assembled, the plan, the execution of the plan in a large-scale setting. This time NASCAR, the aftermath, and the flashbacks of the true plan. Soderbergh manages the juggling act of various storylines and plot points so that we always know what's going on. At least we think we do. This was another pleasant surprise for the summer of 2017 and I'm looking forward to viewing it again. He gave it four stars. I'm actually really excited about this. It's a movie you and I both talked about uh, on the main show when we did a, when we were doing trailer picks over there. It is, uh, I, I was such a huge fan of the Oceans movies. I thought they were funny and smart, and uh, I know I was an island on a couple of them, uh, <laughs> but I did enjoy them very much. And so the, I, I meet this film with great anticipation. It's disappointing that it's not performing better at the box office. I know that really is disappointing. Um, it, but it, it's one of those ones where it looks kind of quirky, and you know, sometimes those quirky movies are hard to yeah. get an audience to really tap into. And if anything, I like to think if it doesn't find its home at the box office, that it will become one of those cl- classics that finds its audience uh, once uh, people can watch it at home. Have you seen uh, much of the uh, many of the pressers, the press interviews? They are, to my eye, they're getting. Uh, Daniel Craig out there in force to press this movie, but I haven't seen anybody else. Uh, I haven't seen any of them, so mm. that's, you've seen more than I have. I that's win interesting, though. Again, <laughs> <laughs> shall we? Uh, shall we talk trailers? Let's do it. I, I'm going to go first because I know how excited you are about yours. That sounds good. All Go right. for it. Mine will be quick. Uh, I'm doing Rememory this week. Rememory, uh, directed by Mark Polanski, written by Polanski and Mike Vukadinovich, stars Peter Dinklage, Julia Ormond, and may he rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. Uh, it is a story of uh, a, the, the widow of a wise professor stumbles upon one of his inventions that's able to record and play a person's memory. Uh, Dinklage is uh, tasked with uh, solving the mystery of his murder using this device. It smacks of uh, a little bit of Strange Days, uh, smacks of Brainstorm, a little bit of Brainstorm uh, with uh, Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood. That was uh, delightful, just delightful. Uh, And so it is reminiscent of all of those things. Um, Rotten Tomatoes says it's, uh, it's, it's not looking... Not looking great, uh, but it Martin Donovan's in it, and Martin Donovan is in one of my favorite shorts of all time, Surviving Desire, and so how can anything with Martin Donovan uh, go south? One might ask. Uh, I, I think that I think it looks really, I, I think it looks interesting, but also because I'm predisposed to like these ideas of um, you know things that toy with the brain and record memories and record emotions and those those sorts of stories. I'm always you know. I, Hell, we watch Strange Days again, uh, and it's not a great film. Um, uh, but uh, but you the chose? I, the the idea <laughs> the idea is 
that uh, is something that I'm I'm that is very satisfying for me. What do you think of the trailer? Yeah, it looks interesting. It it kind of reminded me of this um, Robin Williams film called The Final Cut that I think it was called The Final Cut that came out uh, I don't know like the 2004 or so. Um, where he was, uh, it was like a futuristic editor, film editor, but they had like these weird machines and he was doing, it was, it was kind of another sort of detective mystery sort of thing. And it was just kind of a quirky indie uh, sci-fi sort of story that I thought was pretty interesting. This looks like it's the same sort of thing. Like there's an interesting sci-fi element going on here. It looks like an interesting uh, kind of world that they've created here. I love the idea of Peter Dinklage in anything, so uh, it definitely kind of piques my curiosity. Um, I, I don't know if the story sells me, but I think it's it looks interesting enough where I probably will give it a chance. Yeah, it's it's one of those that uh, you know, depending on on how you actually use Rotten Tomatoes, and let's just see because I think it's it's getting a, a maybe an, a bad rap uh, unfairly. Uh, and so I just wonder, just bear with me here. Rememory. Uh, let's see here. 2017. It, interesting thing about its distribution is that it is, uh, it, it's going to play for two weeks for free uh, on uh, beginning August 24th on Google Play. Uh, so yeah, sign up for an account. You'll be able to see it there. I don't, uh, I, I, that uh, dubious, dubious distribution. Uh, it is. Uh, it's got a 17% uh, freshness rating. Uh, the average rating out of 10 is a four, uh, which is, as we have learned from that handy video uh, that uh, I believe uh, Ben Lott posted over in the Slack channel, uh, we've been doing it wrong, and that's the measure we need to look at, uh, how the average rating out of 10, and this is a four. That's not great. That's not in the, hey, I'm going to roll the dice, it's a six or above, uh, rating right yet. so I, I'm I'm worried about that but I do I'm with you I love Peter Dinklage I'll I'll see him I, I love seeing his uh, career take off after Game of Thrones uh, as it has his notoriety so I'm I'm in it also has a gorgeous poster uh, so uh, I'm in it for that too excellent excellent what what's yours mine Pete uh, as you mentioned or, or alluded to earlier I just finished reading mine it's Ready Player One. And I know the trailer has been out for a few weeks, but having just finished the book last night, I was excited to go back through the trailer and watch it. And I went down a a rabbit hole looking at all the Easter eggs in the trailer and just got me uh, pretty excited about the film. This is, of course, the uh, big adaptation that Steven Spielberg is helming, adapting Ernest Cline's novel from about six years ago, I think. Um, And uh, and it's written by Ernest Cline and Zach Penn. Zach Penn uh, generally has me worried a little bit as far as some of the stuff that he's been a part of, um, you know. Uh, but I, I don't think he's a horrible writer. I mean, he's he's been a part of some interesting properties like The Incredible Hulk and The Avengers and X Men: The Last Stand. Um, but there's also like Elektra and uh, you know Incident at Loch Ness and. Uh, PCU. <laughs> He's currently working on, I guess, Suicide Squad 2. So uh, there are ups and downs with his career. I, I haven't been wowed by anything. I guess he got his start writing Last Action Hero, the story that was then uh, taken by, um, uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on what's Sh- his name? Schwarzenegger? That, no, the, 
yeah well last action hero the uh that was then uh rewritten by uh shane black that's that's oh that's why i, I don't know i couldn't think of shane black yeah but yeah he he rewrote um zach penn and adam left's story and i think uh there was a big fight about that but anyway that's uh that's kind of neither here nor there uh just to say zach penn has had an interesting up and down career in hollywood i'm not super thrilled that zach penn is a part of this but i'm not gonna give it too much thought at the moment mostly because spielberg is at the helm and i think generally even if his films uh, i'm not in love with i think he really knows how to put a film together um in this one we have uh, ty sheridan playing the lead character wade watts uh, aka parcival and uh as he goes into this you know basically it's like the future it's like this dystopian future where the world earth sucks and everybody pretty much lives spends their time in the oasis this online virtual world that you get to kind of uh you know live your dreams and have fun and do cool things and uh so ty sheridan as wade watts lives in basically the slums um, the stacks, as they call them, these all these motorhomes that are all stacked up on top, top of each other, and and but he spends all of his time as Parsifal in uh, in the Oasis, and the owner, the guy who created the Oasis, uh, James Donovan Halliday, played in the film by Mark Rylance, another recent Spielberg um, regular, created this game, and uh, when he died, it it kind of turned on, and there's this Easter egg that everybody's trying to now find. Uh, to basically get control of this, uh, the Oasis and and Halliday's empire, and uh, Wade happens to be the one who finds the first key and sets this huge thing uh, off, and it turns into this big race um, through the Oasis to find all of the uh, the the bits and pieces to get to the final egg, and of course Halliday was kind of grew up in the eighties, and so. Um, Everything in the movie is really referencing to, or and the story is references to all of his favorite things that uh, that he grew up with. So video games and movies and music and TV shows, and it's all in the book. And it's pretty exciting to see because it's as it looks right now, it's all in the trailer too. What did you think? Well, uh, as you mentioned, a, a lot of his favorite things were from the '80s, and a lot of his favorite things were from. Steven Spielberg properties. And so all of those things <laughs> are in the movie too. The meta nature of having Steven Spielberg direct a movie that is essentially about a, a trip down Steven Spielberg property memory lane. Uh, it, I don't know. I hope it's not too much for us because I'm with you. I adore the book. I really do. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I feel like God, there was a, a, a great, <laughs> great review um, uh, of, of the book that I saw on on YouTube recently where the, uh, the the reviewer said, you know, make sure you read the book before the movie comes out because as soon as the movie comes out, anytime anybody mentions Ready Player One, it's going to be about the cinematic experience, right? And and that, it, it, it worries me that, you know, that will, because of the sheer, you know, pop culture weight that comes with Steven Spielberg that we're going to forget uh, how great the book was because the book was really great and, um, and, and a lot of fun. And like you said, you just can't put it down. It's, it's, it is a race. It's as much of a race to read it as it is a race to, to, um, you know, to through the book itself. Um, so I, I'm with you on that, but the cast, I really like, I'm excited about, um, you know, Olivia Cook as, uh, Artemis, uh, you know, she was Rachel and me, Earl and Dying Girl, which was one of my favorite movies of last year. Uh, was it last year? God, was it? 
further a bit longer years ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I remember it as if it was last year. Uh, ben Mendelsohn, <laughs> Simon Pegg, uh, Mark Rylance. I mean, uh, uh, great, great people in, in this movie. I'm very excited to see it beyond Ty Sheridan. Uh, so I, I'm excited about what is to come of it. I'm I'm just a little bit heartsick because it's an adaptation that has become sort of important to me, and so it makes me nervous. Yeah, absolutely. I get nervous too. But I, you know, looking at the trailer, I mean, I, I like I said, I went down this rabbit hole of of Easter eggs in the trailer. Oh yeah, and there's you know, you mentioned Steven Spielberg properties. I only really see two, and both of those were ones that he was more of a producer on, not so much uh, it's something he directed. And yeah, that was fair. Back to the Future. And I think this, the Scorpion that we see somebody riding might be a Transformers uh, Scorponic mm-hmm. Scorpion, Scorponic. but I'm not quite sure. Scorponic, I Scorponic. It's, you know, you say potato, I say potato. <laughs> no, it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let me, let me just read this list of things that we see in the trailer. And this is probably not even complete because it's insane. And I swear, I looked through so many different trailers. I don't think that there is a a full HD version of the trailer out there. Did they you, all did are you really click kind the, of, did you take a picture of the QR code on the race car as it was crashing? I didn't, but I did hear that there was a secret code in there. It's a, it's a yeah, no, I can, I'm not going to tell you. You should go do it. It's cool. It's cool. I, I'm not, well, t- I'm not, not going to lie. I'm excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's the list. You ready? I'm holding on to my seat. This. I know you are. Ready? Batman, The Matrix, Harley Quinn, Deathstrike, uh, Conan the Barbarian, Gandalf the Grey, uh, Iron Giant, uh, like I said, Scorponic or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I want to call uh, it the Joust. Okay. The Joust Ostriches, Freddy Krueger, Duke Nukem, the Halo Assault Rifle, uh, A-Team's Van, Mad Max's Car, Christine, uh, Back to the Future DeLorean, Knight Rider, Akira's Bike, uh, Azog the Defiler, uh, maybe Speed Racer. Uh, there's some music from Willy Wonka. You see Lara Croft in there. There's the Bigfoot Monster Truck. There's uh, Shrek. There's Mortal Kombat. There's music from Rush. There's Gears of War, Street Fighter, Atari, Sega. That's just the list that I had put together so far. Yeah. And that's what I love about the book is he wrote it in such a way where just these things just randomly pop up. And he says that people still haven't found all of the Easter eggs that he has in the book. Yeah, There's just so much um, reference that he's throwing in there to just pop culture. And it's just, it's fun. It makes the read so much fun. And it, it really creates just such an exciting world. And, um, you know, and as a as a huge fan of Joust, it was always my favorite uh, uh, video game. Totally. It was like exciting to see it play kind of a key part of the story too. So... I'm just really excited. I can't wait for this one. It's just, uh, you know, we have to wait till next March to see it open. Do you, do you wonder at all? I wonder if this film will set a record in the most expensive film to produce as a result of, of legal licensing. licensing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I did wonder about that because there, you know, the Iron Giant pops up in the trailer. Yeah. He's mentioned briefly in the book, but, uh, you know, there's this, this part where people pick these robots and, but nobody picks the Iron Giant. And I'm wondering if, if the Iron Giant was picked and in, in he's in the trailer or he's going to be in the film because the character who they're trying to get in uh or that that we see in the in the book was not licensable like it might have been too expensive or they just wouldn't release the rights to it or something and i'm getting we're going to have some of that and obviously there are already changes we have this big race featured in the trailer there is no such thing in the book and so i'm curious to see kind of what the differences are going to be as they uh, start shifting this into more of the cinematic universe right right 
All right, I'm excited about it. I'll wait till March. I'll, I'll, I'll I will go into it with an open mind, Andy. We're definitely going to read the book again, as if uh, we read it, like all of us in the family read it, and uh, except my wife, so not all of us. She doesn't read those things. <laughs> uh, but we're all very excited about it, and uh, so I think we'll get try to get one more pass through it uh, before we uh, see the movie. Excellent, all right. excellent. All right, shall we do the lists? Let's do it. Let's do the list. Set us up. What are we talking about today? So, in honor of uh, our last movie, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, we have a character who had died and then was resurrected. So, our list this week is uh, sci-fi characters who die and then get resurrected, brought back to life in one way or another. So, uh, do you want to kick us off? I don't know. I don't know how you're going to vote on this one, but because you were such a flagrant cheater last week, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, this is... <laughs> Lest we forget, uh, Tom Cruise's character of Bill Cage in Edge of Tomorrow, who is resurrected, in heavy air quotes, again and again and again and again and again. What do you think? I think that's a good one. I think so, too. I was excited about it. Yeah, that's a fun one. I uh, That's such a brilliant movie that I'll... I'll I feel like it might be slightly cheating because it's it's not like, you know, a big death, but it kind of is because he does die and he just, you know, happens to absorb this alien blood and gets to keep right. reviving it. So right. And some, I guess of, I'll, yeah. some of those deaths are are uh, are bigger than others. There's the montage That's of right. deaths, which makes them very small, but some of them are bigger than others. And I think it I think it fits. Uh, I, I love what that movie did. I wish that they had. I wish that they'd figured out what they were, how they were going to market it before they actually began marketing it, uh, because I think it deserved an even bigger, uh, a bigger bit of attention, uh, mainstream attention than it got. Absolutely, I do too. What's your uh, What's oh, your well. number three? So my number three, I was really trying to think think of ones that uh, that just kind of um, I felt they handled it in a kind of a way that worked or that hit me well. I, I guess I've got different things. Uh, for each one, so this one I just think I liked. Uh, I liked that it happened. I thought it was done in a in a powerful way. Um, I thought the 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 um, resurrection might have been a little, uh, just a nice little twist. But I I didn't I didn't uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't um, think it was necessary, but I still liked it. And it's Professor X in X Men: The Last Stand. Um, when when Patrick Stewart, I just thought it was such an interesting death scene. I really liked it. And then you've got that little kind of hint of the rebirth right at the very end there. It's not the greatest movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I don't know. It just it struck me as something that I really liked. I, I liked that they actually killed him off in the film. And then there's this little hint of rebirth at the end. Were you were you moved? I mean, like, were you emotionally moved? No, it, no and I think I'm more emotionally moved by... Um, another one like the number one on my list yeah I, I just i don't know i just i liked the professor x character i thought patrick stewart was such a perfect person to cast for that character that it actually really took me by surprise that they actually killed him yeah because i really wasn't expecting him to die and uh and so when they brought him back um you know it's just it was a nice little twist and uh, you know it wasn't anything surprising it wasn't anything that i guess was that great I was just glad that, you know, he's a character I liked so much that uh, even if it was a film I didn't like that much, I liked that they brought him back. And, hey, it, it let us have him again in Logan. So Yeah, absolutely. And and arguably, I mean, in terms of his swan song as the as the professor, that that's that opened the door for it. So I, I agree. Uh, that's yeah. enough of a win. Uh, he should he should have been on one of our lists last week. Yeah. 
He really should have. For a character who died, yeah. Yeah. God, we're just spoiling things left and right. Fail. Spoiler alert. Uh, my number two is, I, I actually picked because, uh, I, I because it made me crazy. And that is, of course, Sigourney Weaver's Ripley in Alien 3 and 4. Alien 4. Well, oh, the death in 3? Death in 3. Resurrection in 4. Resurrection in four. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Now, the death in 3... Um, the setup of the death in three, the visual setup, I think was awesome. Dramatic, great music, great crane shot around the, the thing before she falls off backwards and does her, you know, nasty plunge into the lava. And then the alien bursts through her chest and I, it was head slapping. I'm like, oh God, please. That was, I did not like that. I was not crazy about that. So I think it was set up well to give me an emotional impact until it made me slap my head. And then they made Alien 4 where the head slapping just didn't stop. (laughs) It was just constant head slapping. And, And so the emotional reaction that I had as a result of that experience was a negative one. Uh, and, uh, and a sorrowful one, uh, but I feel like it counts. I think it definitely counts. It's it, it was sad seeing Ripley go. Um, I I didn't slap my head so much at the end of of part three because um, I I kind of enjoyed the way that they did that. Yeah. Even if it was a little bit of you know, a Jesus dive, you know, yeah. she has her arms outstretched and everything. I'm, till, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it was fine. But the um, yeah, but it, if it meant that we had to suffer through uh part four then then uh, that is a shame yeah right the door uh, but, the door yeah, is ripley, closed yeah but ripley is a great character so it sometimes it's hard to pass that up right well my number two this one is uh, on my list because it i think because it hit me at uh when when i saw this uh, i guess i would have seen it in when i was uh five or six years old uh it hit me uh pretty strongly I looking back at the film now, I think it is a little. I think it works. I think it, it, the way that it sets the 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 end of the film up is a little silly, but I still like this moment, and that is the death of Lois Lane in Superman. Um, it oh. was it's, it was an unexpected death, um, and it really hit me as a kid because like Lois Lane shouldn't die, and it really made me sad. I was very sad when I watched this film. Um, and I loved that he actually spins the earth around backward to make time move backward and bring Lois Lane back to life. Uh, in retrospect, I think it's completely silly. I That whole ending, I just roll my eyes at now. Um, but I still find this moment powerful because it's it's such a big moment for Superman that when he loses her, he actually you know, puts this whole thing into motion to bring her back to life. And I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, man, I totally agree. And you know what? I don't I don't find it silly today at all. I watched it with when, the first time I watched it with my kids. I was thinking, wow, this is gruesome. I mean, there she is. She's being just crushed by rocks, Andy. She's being buried. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Christopher Reeve totally sells his grief in that movie. It's like... It's, 100%. It's so good. Like, I, it's really good. And the fact that he spins the earth the other way... It, it is a ridiculous thing, but of course, it, it works in the context of the film, and I was not taken out of it at all. I thought, that's awesome. We should totally try that for some stuff. Let's go ahead and start <laughs> trying that in the real We should try spinning the world the other way. Let's just roll the dice and see what happens. Let's, I'm with let's it. send some other things back. Let's do that. We've Re- got, redo. Believe me, we have enough things we need to do over. 
Uh, yes, we do. I'm very excited. Okay, my last, uh, uh, my last pick, my number one, the pick that satisfied my inner 12-year-old, even though I was not 12 when I saw it, uh, was the death of Neo in the first Matrix movie. Hmm. Very nice. Uh, I adored the way this was done, that we have him in the hallway with the agents. He's shot. He is uh, he's shot a lot, and he falls over dead, and then it cuts back into the, the ship, and she is talking to him. He's plugged in to the, to the Matrix, and she's talking to him. She says she loves him, and he comes back, uh, and that it, it's, it's a quick sequence. They don't give you a lot of time to grieve before he comes back and just completely kicks ass. And I, it is so satisfying to me uh, the way that sequence plays out um, that uh, it's easily my number one. That is a brilliant, brilliant moment. Should have been on my list somewhere because that is such a great, uh, a great uh, resurrection and brings so much to the end of that film. Yeah. So solid choice, solid choice. Thank you, sir. And your final. My final one, I, I still stuck in my childhood for this other one, um, and it's it's the death of E.T. and him coming back to life because, uh, you know, again, just like Lois Lane, it was one of those ones that I saw in an age where it just, it hit me hard and it was really just a powerful moment to see E.T. die, especially when when the kid finds him like in the in the gully there it's just like this this pale little dead thing and it's just so sad and awful or a dying thing at that point but then when he dies and Drew Barrymore starts bawling and the flower dies and everything it just really killed me and having that moment where the flower starts coming back to life and just i mean talk about a great cinematic moment and uh, tying back to Steven Spielberg i just think that was a really really solid moment that has always stuck with me Oh, I love it. That's a great, great choice. It was just heart-wrenching. Death of E.T. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. Bes- Very much Besides so. when the, the death of Bambi, when Godzilla steps on Bambi in that, the open of that... Uh, <laughs> Godzilla of versus Godzilla Bambi. Godzilla versus Bambi. Or Bambi, versus, or Bambi versus Godzilla, whatever it is. Yeah, that's probably the greatest, uh, the, the greatest, uh, uh, most impactful cinema death of my youth. <laughs> Uh, oh you this is a great list uh what what do we i I feel like we should tease next week now that we're doing this like what what are we talking about the list for next week so people can start thinking about what they're gonna what what they might add on their list i think we're talking since uh we're gonna be looking at star trek for the voyage home i think we're looking at uh great animal rescues next week right great animal rescue because of course the crew of the enterprise goes back and rescues two whales for the future right yeah and so we we thought the best animal rescues would be a good a good list i don't even know where to begin i don't either (laughs) it'll be an interesting (laughs) list if nothing else we'll see what happens so uh anyhow uh i I think that's all we have for this week uh right no other news let's get out of here i know i think that's it get started with our weekends uh thank you everybody of course for for uh downloading listening to uh this show to all the shows and most specifically, particularly for being supporters on Patreon. We sure appreciate uh, you helping us do uh, what we do with the movies every week. We sure appreciate it. Oh, there we Absolutely. go. It's, it's dog time. Did you hear that? Okay, I did. We've got a sorrowful dog wine. ready to go. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week on uh, Saturday Matinee. <laughs>
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.